Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. <laughs> because we have this conversation every year. We we actually probably every week with with um, with MSPs, and we don't record podcasts on it enough. Is uh, is the common techniques in building a QBR. So here we are with part two of putting the B back in QBR. And it's really the core of what we do. And it all centers around better conversations. And what kind of conversations those are? Um, how do you relate to your clients? And that relatability, if you need to go back to our episode on relatability, uh, mm-hmm. where we had Gina in here talking that through, um, check it out. But what we need to do is figure out how do you have a, a QBR instead of a QTR. Every MSP I talk to, yeah. I swear, does a QTR. They think they're doing a QBR. Right. It's like that person who designs their first network and thinks that they've done it absolutely amazing. And then they oh, have no. uh, a network engineer come in and go, what the heck? Where are your routes? You know, yeah, like, yeah. what is routes. this? You know, <laughs> and, they start, and they start like like looking around like, this is this is crap. You, you didn't actually create a network. You created a sliced up switch that you need to have something. You need to have a router plugged into all of these. Now you yeah. need to have this. Oh, and you've got, I mean, it's just a mess. But you didn't know. Right. Because it was like, you know, your first attempt at splicing up a layer three switch. Nope. And you did your best. And there's no fault to be had there because you didn't know. It's the same thing with QBRs. Everybody tells you you need to do QBR, and they've got all these grand ideas on how you should do these things quarterly or you should do them regularly, but they forget to tell you how. They forget yep. to tell you what the core of those meetings is. And you you tend to think, oh, I need to talk to my client about things I know and t- tell them about the projects they need to be running. That's the important part. You just said the really most important thing, the things that you know. And and this is reasonable. This is logical. I'm, I'm you know, it is logical. we kind of bash on this, but I, I, I feel bad about it sometimes because I would do, I did this and, and I would do this going forward. You and know, you felt we, good about it. <laughs> yes. Because you show up at these meetings, you're, you're well-prepared. You, you do tons of research. That's one of the reasons why people struggle with doing these is because they put the time and effort needed into them. And so you get all this information and you show up prepared for these engagements, but you're prepared for the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're thinking you have to deliver all of this information. And now this is both liberating and terrifying to a pro- a probably a lot of people out there. For the control freaks, this is definitely the terrifying side of it. But you need to show up to these meetings ready to receive, not there to deliver. And, and that will terrify many of... And engineers tend to be the control. We, we like to be prepared. We like to know the answers. And you're going to show up and you're not going to have the answers. It, and and okay. to, make it, to make it relatable, it's just like that... that technician who comes in and says hey look i built this switch i got this this firewall built up and you look at it and go okay yeah you basically just built a glorified router there's no i mean you've got basically six you've got six shadowed rules here that are that are replaced by this any any and you've got (laughs) this here and this here and you're showing them all things they did wrong they put so much work into it though yeah and all got undone by that shadowed rule Uh uh-huh 
And like, you guys know this as senior engineers, or I'm trying to relate to those of you who are really good at having technical conversations. And that, that, that junior level associate that comes in and shows you the hard work they put in, and it was a waste of time because they did it incorrectly. And I don't mean mm -hmm. just a little incorrectly. They completely missed the point <laughs> of the exercise. Yeah. Like they format and restart. Yes. But the firewall is no longer protecting anything. Yep. And so with a QBR, it's not about the title of a QBR. It's not about the yeah. cadence of the QBR. It's about the content and the conversation that is in that QBR. And so just like when you build a firewall, what's the purpose you're trying to do? In a QBR, you're trying to learn about what the client's doing so you can take the 10,000 things in your head and put the right ones in front of your client. There are 10,000. You could work full time for any of your clients and never hit the end of your idea barrel. So the yeah. question is, which one should you work on first? And if you just deal with your knowledge, you're going to prioritize the technical solutions. You're going to say, oh, they do need better policies on their firewall. Mm -hmm. They do need to update their servers and make sure they're patched. They do need to harden the OSs. That's great, but those don't make any money. Yeah. It's risk avoidance. And it's really easy for us in technical profession <clears throat> to think risk avoidance. And this is the problem with any, any profession, not just, not just IT. This is anybody who has a trade tends to focus on their trade, not the purpose of their trade. Mm -hmm. and, and it's been a problem. You guys have been to a doctor before where the doctor treats the problem you're having. They don't treat your lifestyle. Yeah. And we call them pill mills. Like you walk in, doctor throws like a bunch of antibiotics at you, a bunch of anti-inflammatories at you and sends you out the door. They have fixed you. That's triage. You technically are better. But did they fix the root problem? Did they sit down with you and go, okay, how did this happen? How did you get a light bulb in your ear? Maybe we should <laughs> stop screwing light bulbs in our ears. There we go. Well, how else do you clean your ears? There's Q-tips and there's Kleenexes and there's great ways to clean your ears. There's things you can set on fire that clean your ears. Um, you know, you you know, and the doctor has a great conversation with you about what led you to this problem and what's your life goal like. You know, I'd really love there's this commercial that comes out every Christmas. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm on a tangent here. Yeah, clearly. It's I'll, this I'll old off. guy and he's lifting a kettlebell. Have you seen oh, his yes. commercial skills? Yes. yes, I've seen and that And the whole commercial, like, what the heck is he doing? He has a goal in mind. He wants to lift his child up to put the star on the tree. And so he works really hard for that goal. He didn't go out and do lunges. He didn't go out and do whole body health. He didn't do anything. Like, no. He worked on the movement it took that it could get his kid up on that tree. Yeah, And that's how you need to see businesses. There are a thousand things you can do to work out. There are a thousand things you can do to make your body more healthy. What's the one that's going to help you meet your goal? What's yeah. your goal? And you got to talk to a business. There are a thousand things you can do to make this business better. If you're running your MSP, you know, you know the plight I'm talking about. You're sitting there going, what direction do I focus on today? Right. And some of you are wondering like, wait, what's he talking about? You just do everything. <laughs> no, 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 you don't learn to no. focus, you're going to fail. Yeah. And or you're going to burn out. So with well, your customers, they're in the same plight. What area of their business can you augment with IT? And, and the customers make this question. Yeah. And the customers make this harder sometimes, surprisingly enough. Right. Um, because, you know, this MSP business model has been around long enough that 
the industry, you know, the marketplace in general has developed some norms. And there are many of your customers that expect to get a technical business review. All right. And, and I've heard this over and over from MSPs going, well, they want to see that, you know, uh, antivirus report. They want to see the spam filtering report. You know, why do they want to see it? They want to see it because they've always seen it. All right. Now, there may be some elements. We but have what trained it, them. We have trained them. But here's the really important part you need to understand. Who is telling you they want to see that report? Now, obviously, it's not I'm not going to make any blanket statements here, but I, I know confidently that the person that's telling you want to see it is not an executive within that organization. They have been told by an executive that they need to take responsibility for IT. They need to stay up on that. You know, and so they're checking a box off. They don't really understand. They don't really care. I mean, it may be a little bit, but by and large, they're checking a box that says, I need to look over a report. That's yep. all. And, and so this is how you have business conversations instead. You can train toxicity. Hmm. Let that sink in, people. You can train toxicity in an environment. You can train your employees bad habits. Yeah. Things like hiding uh, their activities from you because they're afraid that you're going to yell at them. You they can um, you can train somebody in a bad habit that, oh, it's easy to do it this way. You've seen your employees do that. We're like, oh, just just put any, any, any into the firewall and it'll yeah. work. It works every it's time. Bad <laughs> habits. <laughs> um, yep. There are better ways to troubleshoot and, you know, we can get there. You can train your clients that they feel like they need to review the tickets that because this is the way it's always been. You can train them in this because they're learning from you. You're the one teaching them about technology. And the previous MSP that goes in here did the same thing. They talked about mm -hmm. tickets. They talked about firewalls. And every time they came in, they had to brace themselves for this conversation. And they've been trained not to think about yep. technology as a big business augmentation tool. And the first time you come in, like we have a new account management dashboard. It's amazing. It'll show you everything it going is. on in your Absolutely. account. So you can make better decisions. And that frees you up to talk to your clients about, hey, we have we have 60 project recommendations here. What I want to hear from you today is where's your business going this year? And can you mm -hmm. just tell me your story? Yep. And so I, I ended last episode with talking about how an engineer is wasted in a QBR. They should be working on tickets. They should be working mm -hmm. on things that only they know how to solve. The person in the QBR should be a genuinely curious person who wants to learn about what it is that makes this dog kennel click, this doctor's office tick. Yes. What is their yeah. value add to the market and where are they trying to go this year? And you're going to look on that list of 40 project recommendations from your engineers and think, man, they're, they're really trying to make it so that the, um, the weight room experience is more pleasant. Right. We've got a project here to improve their Wi-Fi and put some kiosks in. Let's go ahead and prioritize that one. Yep. Done. And you've been in dental offices where they've got the iPad sitting there and the kids play there very quietly. And my kids look forward to going to the dentist because they knew <laughs> they got to sit in yep. play on the iPads before they went to their dentist appointment. No sitting around the weight room chasing kids. They were having fun. That was a technical solution to a business problem. And but you've got to have the right conversation with the right people. We've had lots of talks about this, but you know, if, 
if you've got a client that's been conditioned to receive those technical reports, that's probably not the executive role. So you're going to have to make a switch. You're going to have to figure out how to break out of the cycle and get someone else in there. And it it's not going to be for every meeting. There, there are still going to be very practical, tactical stuff where you sit down and you go, hey, this invoice is 42 days old. What, what's up with this one? Or, you know, um, so-and-so's opened, you know, 79 tickets last month. You know, we need, really need to figure out, you know, what's going on with that printer. They're just ticked off and now they're doing it out of spite. You know, there are going to be little things that pop up, you know, like that. But your regularly scheduled engagements, you need to have a focus and you need to understand the role that's going to be in there. You know, do you need the office manager? Uh, do you need Dr. Fester in there? So, you know, we can talk about light bulbs and how to appropriately use them. You know, whatever that is, you've got to have an understanding and set the expectations for those. Yeah. And, but you have to know whether it, so some of you are, are killing it at your MSPs because you're a boutique MSP, you're a bespoke and you are focused on a, a vertical. So, you know, the focus of a doctor's office. Right. And you can yep. then help them with solutions that matter. That's why boutique MSPs thrive because they're able to focus. They're able to solve problems for their clients. And it's very, very fulfilling. And there are lots of techniques you can do to align with your customer. And we talk about these all the time. We can do key stakeholder interviews. Ask yep. the person that you're I talking that to with your client, Hey, who are the people that kind of run the office? You know what I'm talking about. Like they've been here for a while or they're the one that everybody goes to for answers. Go sit down and talk. Just have a conversation with them. Can I buy them lunch? Can I, can I get them a beer? Can we have a lunch and learn where we sit down and I want to hear from this group. Do a SWAT exercise with them. Yep. And sit down and listen to them talk about their business and what's going on and what actually matters. Some in, in the corporate world, we call these town hall meetings. Yeah. Where you're talking yep. to the end users and you're getting the leadership down and saying, tell me about what's going on, what's not going well. And then you find out more. So in when I was doing small private schools, I would talk to the teachers. I would sit in a room with the teachers for the grade school and I would do a SWAT exercise <laughs> and I would listen to them complain or talk about what they're really good at and there was one time while sitting there and I was in this uh, school and we're having this conversation about what they wanted to do. And um, they wanted to expand like the third grade classroom. They wanted to um, get more Chromebooks in standard uh, grade school stuff. This is like seven years ago. So, you know, everybody's trying to get on that, that Chromebook craze. And I said, well, why don't you do Chromebooks? Like, why don't, or, you know, what, what are your limitations? Like, well, they're in the, the computer lab right now. And, you know, it's hard to get the kids in and out of the computer lab. And I said, why do you have a computer lab? <laughs> yeah. I, I asked this question very directly in the SWAT session. And I got like, I got like 13 teachers sitting in this room around this big table. Yeah. And they all were quiet for a second. Like, well, we need somewhere to put the computers. <laughs> these, are, these are Chromebooks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you remember why we had computer labs in the first place? Because computers oh, yeah. used to be... Enormous, big yeah, and expensive, and we had these giant beige towers with these big old seventeen-inch or fit, sorry, fifteen-inch CRT mm -hmm. monitors, yep. and you had to have a school where you could lock these up 
and he would have a computer lab time. They were still operating under that mentality. They had been trained a bad habit. It was a good habit. Back in the tires and brown papers. <laughs> and all of a sudden they realized that what have we been doing with our lives? I said, <laughs> have a mobile cart for these, these Chromebooks, right? Yeah. No. It helps us put it in the closet it has wheels on it. Right. <laughs> and like all of a sudden you see this aha moment, almost like we're morons. <laughs> like in these, all these teachers, very mm. smart people were trained to think they needed a computer lab. And we've heard these stories a million times, but in that session, in that one session of me just listening to them talk about their complaints, we actually solved a problem. It cost them nothing to solve this problem. I sat there and they were saying, we could, that's a big room. And they opened another third grade. Repurposed. They hired yeah. another yeah. teacher and they were able to expand their school. And since it's a private school, that's another 30 students that are now paying tuition. So now they just increase their revenue and they're fulfilling their mission to reach out to, to kids who need um, education. Right. And like this has exploded and all of a sudden like, oh, now that it's mobile, why don't we get another one of those carts with the new revenue we have? And now our kids can all have Chromebooks. Yep. One idea from one session resulted in this explosion of, oh my gosh, what have we been doing wrong with our lives? And like it was them that came up with the idea. They put it all together. I just facilitated the conversation, and that is a QBR. That is the most important part, and that's the that back to what I, I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast. That's probably the hardest thing for a lot of technical-minded people is to completely let go and let your client drive it. They will provide the data. Now, once they provide it, there is plenty of work for you to do. Okay, I'm not, you know getting around that, but let them start, let them define the goals that they really need to achieve. What's really important to them. And uh, once those ideas come from the customer side of the engagement, when you start to position technology solutions to solve those goals, it, it's a no brainer. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, not, not to disparage education at all. I've worked in education, a lot of respect for our teachers out there. But, you know, when when teachers kind of get together and they get united, I mean, they are the mob with the pitchforks and the torches. OK, I mean, they can be very passionate. A, very passionate. And so, you know, if you're talking to the school administration and they've got a mob, you know, outside with the pitchforks and torches and you're like, I have a technology solution that will fix the mob's problem. You know, um, it may mm -hmm. be something that you have been pressing them on for literally years, but yes. in, in this very, you know, you know, arcane, whatever example, um, you have aligned the solution with the business. All right. And the administration looks and sees technology problem. All right. Problem solved with this technology done. All right. And, and that sort of process needs to be what we're in. But too many times we, we show up with great technology and then we, we try to see if it'll work here. If we put this in, would anything happen? And, you know, we just kind of try blindly. It's, you know, uh, we're doing the, the square peg in the round hole. We're like, oh, this doesn't fit. We just bang it on there. And then we, you know, we go along and sometimes we randomly find something that's great. But if we could just turn this around and listen first, and then present the technology, it would change things dramatically. 
Yeah, and I'm an odd cookie. I want to talk to the mob. I like talking to the mob. <laughs> he does. He really Throw does. Throw <laughs> me in the middle of the mob and let me defuse the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a parent, you know? <laughs> the mob is my life. Uh, and um, getting in there and saying, if, if you see a mob and you're looking at your key stakeholder or you're looking at your contact saying, I can make that mob go away. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they look at you desperation like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. this, and, and the mob may not be a bunch of people. It might be a, a large problem set. Yes, yes. It's it might be like this this thing that you've just accepted as the norm. Mm-hmm. And in, in schools, in particular, this is this is like they've just accepted the rusty box of nails they're living in, mm-hmm. and this is just the way everybody is. I'm like, no, no, there's a better way. It's like. Have you ever bought a new mattress at home and then all of a sudden realized how crappy your oh, old one was? Yeah. Like, if you, you know, those of you who used to sleep on box spring mattresses, everybody's on memory foam and stuff now. Yeah. But you got a box spring mattress and then you're like, you know what? It's been 15 years since I replaced <laughs> this. Thing. I should probably get a new one. The warranty's on them only like five years, anyways. And you get a new mattress and you're like, I did not realize that I had created a valley. <laughs> in my yep. life, I had just gotten used to that. Yep. And I didn't realize how bad I'd been sleeping. And then all of a sudden I have proper support. I'm feeling good. I've got a good bed. And the first couple set first couple nights, you, you, you feel kind of odd. You, you, it doesn't sleep quite right. Yeah. Because you're so used to the crap. <laughs> and your clients are like mm-hmm. this. They're so used to just, okay, this is the way it is. Like one of my my if you guys ever have my PDF on our on our case study. It's a, it's a client. They were so used to this. Is, the internet just goes down during the day. You know, it's just normal. Yeah. Yeah, um, normal. When I got my first job, I worked for the state patrol and it was just normal. It took three days to deploy a PC. You know, start to finish. There was a checklist that you had to move through with all. With, I mean, it was an NT4 box dating myself here. And <laughs> it took three days to build. By the time I left the patrol five years later, it took about 10 minutes to deploy a PC. And this is before we had those fancy ghost servers <laughs> and huge deployment solutions. Right. Um, I I was able to get that to the point where sysprep and hardware imaging was all lined up and people got annoyed when it took me longer than a day to get them their computers. And that's yeah. me driving three hours somewhere. Well, <laughs> and, so and, and we do need to keep in mind. used to this stuff. Yes. What, what have we gotten used to? I mean, you know, things start out as a path, you know, and then we're going down the path. It's all great. But then the path, you know, you know it gets a groove in it. Right. And and maybe that speeds things up. But then the groove turns into a rut, you know, and eventually, you know, a rut is just a, a grave with both ends kicked out. And right? it's cozy though, you know, we got yes. that nice wall on each side of us. It it makes us feel comfortable. It, it, but it's not really getting us there. I mean, we 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 we've gone down this road so many times, but now it's it's going slower, it's not taking us where we need to be, and we've just accepted it. Us and our customers have accepted it as norm. And and we've got to get the business focus back into our business reviews. And we have all sorts of fancy terms that we throw out and um, consultants want to train you on, increase your perceived value, have better QBRs, take our you know $10,000 course and relate to your customers again. Mm-hmm. And we have lots of fancy terms. It's not about the QBR. It's not no. about perceived mm-hmm. value. 
Those are just the names we've given to the problems. Th- those are the things that will come out. Yeah. The customers aren't buying your projects because they don't see value in them. And because you're not selling them the right projects, you're selling them the projects that you care about, not the ones they care about. Mm-hmm. And so how do you align with your, look at the client, look at them as an individual, pick one of your clients that you're having a hard time getting projects to. They're getting them to buy in. Look at them really carefully and say, what are they trying to do? And what's this list of projects here going to do for them? Mm-hmm. Can you make that project relatable? Or should you take a step back and think, okay, they're really struggling with their school and students taking map tests. None of my solutions here are going to solve that. But this one over here, improving the internet stability, getting them a redundant firewall, that'll help it. Well, let me dive a little deeper onto that. That that client that you can't get those projects to sign off with, you know, you said, what are they really trying to do? Ask yourself that really, what what is that organization? What's that business trying to do? What is their goal? And and the answer that comes to mind, I want you to really investigate where did you get that answer? Did you just assume that because they're a dental office that they want to fill cavities faster? You know, just you'd assume because they're a school, they want to, you know, get grades turned in quicker. All right. Don't make assumptions. Listen to your clients. And then once you once you hear that, write it down, make it actionable. Don't just have a meeting. All right. We need to capture that information and then we can start the whole process. Well, it's not that much of a process, but then you can start doing something after that. But I think too many times we assume that what we're trying to do is the right thing because, you know, they're a CPA's firm, you know, and they need to file taxes quicker. Okay. But when we get down into this, we may really uncover things that we never knew that this CPA firm is transitioning to, you know, a different business model, or they've got one particular type of customer they're trying to track down because they've got specialization in it. And we need to support their activities. It's not April anymore. They've switched to corporate, you know, focused. And so now it's, you know, October and September or whatever, you know, some timeframes are for that. You know, we really need to listen so that we're not just assuming and, you know, we can dive into what really is important. And I'm going to put out a really hard truth there for you MSPs. And this is going to this is going to hurt. You know on LinkedIn and in your and in your email, you get these emails saying, "I can help you grow your business by 20%." Yeah. How often do you think, "Oh yeah, I definitely need that." And you click <laughs> on that email and you schedule an appointment <laughs> with it. Yeah. That email is not personal. They don't care about you. They care about your wallet. And they care about mm-hmm. selling you this project. The project is important. What you're there trying to accomplish is important. It is not relatable to you. Mm-hmm. And you get thousands of these every day or a week. I know I do. I know I get like a message from some random stranger promising me more leads, promising mm-hmm. me growth, promising to solve all this stuff. And they're important things. Right. Generically to businesses, I am never going to click on one of these. Because it's not relatable. It does not talk about, hey, we've been watching Humanize IT for a while now, and we love the new product releases you have. 
And we think that if you hit this particular niche market, that you're going to explode. That's mm. relatable. Yep. And so you as an MSP need to say, okay, I do have these really cool solutions. I believe in our engineers and what they're able to do. And these are all really important things. But you have to take the time to sit with your client, listen to their story, and relate the solution to how it's going to help them. Say, hey, you know what? As a doctor's office, I see that you're trying to make the dentistry experience a lot better. And you have a lot of people with a lot of anxiety. So you give them Xanax and stuff like that to help them. Uh, what if we did VR for, for people who have high anxiety in a dentist's office? Um, you know, what if we were able to, um, you know, make it so <laughs> that the intake process was a little smoother, a little bit more automated? Uh, you know, like what if in a, uh, in a school, we were able to make it so that we were able to track students better through their classes and it'd be automatic, not something additional for the teachers to do. Cause they're really, it seems like they're really stressed cause they're constantly filling out forms. How about we take some of those forms off and automate them? Right. Oh, but don't, don't start with, yeah. Don't start with all these ideas. I mean, these are all great things that Adam has, but he's not, you know, putting together a marking prospectus for you, you know, <laughs> you listen to people. Yes. <laughs> Well, so like right now, as, as you were talking about, though, I, I am thinking of a problem at our company. All right. And there's probably like four people on the planet that really understand this problem. And, and we could explain it to others. It would take a little bit. All right. But I mean, it is it, it is kind of been kind of that one thing that has just really pestered us for a long, long time. All right. I'm not going to say that. All right. But. If someone sent me an email and said, hey, I can fix this problem and spelled it out, I'd click on that email. All right. But they're not because it's a unique problem to our organization, yeah. our business, our customers, our staff. It is unique to us. I mean, there may probably similarities, not that unique, but, you know, it, it's our specific issue. And if I were working with someone and we had this conversation, we sat down they did a key stakeholder interview with me and they said, hey, Skip, you know, what's the one thing that just drives you crazy? And I talked about this problem and they came back a couple of weeks later and said, hey, Skip, I, I did some follow up. And that thing that really, really bugged you. Hey, check out this shiny whatever. Yep. I, this will fix it. You know, I would be crawling through the monitor to, to grab that. Give me, yeah. give me, take my money. You know, so that's the relationship we've got to uh, we've got to work out with our clients. Yeah, you've got to relate. And uh, I want to end it with, uh, Skip, what are your two cues that they can take away from this conversation to augment any 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 conversation? Not a, just a QBR, but how do you turn any conversation to a business one? What are your two cues? Absolutely. You ask them, what's your number one source of revenue? And then what's your number one risk to that revenue? Ask those two things. And you That's will it. have a business review. You will have a business conversation. Absolutely. And you will let them talk for the next six hours. Absolutely. There, there can be more to that. And we've got a, a, a PDF on that on the website. If you're interested in that, go, go to the two cues. I, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, right? And I overdid it on there. But it's it, lots of options for you. But it, it is that it can be just that simple. It is two that questions. Simple. Everything that our software does, you can do with a big chief notebook and a number two pencil. And because it's this simple, it's not about, it's not about developing an entirely new process. It's about having better conversations and that's it. These two questions, try it. 
you're listening to this podcast, yeah. try these two questions in your next, any, any conversation. You, you can, have, you can have that before the end of the day. You're sitting there talking and you're troubleshooting a ticket. Ask these two questions. Yes. And watch what happens. You're going to be amazed. Absolutely. Thank you, Skip. This has been a great two-parter session. Um, yep. We have another great couple sessions coming up here with some, with a guest speaker, and uh, we'll see those next week. It's a two-part session. Uh, it's okay. kind of related to what we're talking about right now. And uh, well, Kyle is going to give us some great advice on how to move forward with this. Cool. Thank you, Skip. And we'll you see got- you guys later. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT Transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help. 